This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Happy Thursday. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play. Back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is May 7th, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who would much rather be hanging out in Fairfax, Virginia right now, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, if uh, things were normal, the BYU men's volleyball team would have played a uh, semifinal match last night in all likelihood, and perhaps a, for a national championship tomorrow, maybe BYU-Hawaii Part 3. We'd be listening to you call that on the radio, hopefully. Yeah, at George Mason in Fairfax. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to avoid these, like, oh, we would have been doing this on this date, uh, but it's sort of inevitable. But uh, we're going to have Sean Olmstead on um, today. He's going to talk about 16 years ago tomorrow – was this amazing comeback by the BYU men's volleyball team. He was a senior starting libero on that team. They're down 10-6 in the fifth, and they end up winning 1917. Uh, a weird number, right? Hawaii, 1917. Ah. Uh, but uh, we'll have Sean on, and uh, that, was an incredible, uh, that was an incredible match uh, 16 years ago tomorrow. You need to adequately process through these things. So we're, I do. We're here to no, gr- we're here to grieve with you. I'm over it. It's all good. <laughs> now, Are t- you though? But tomorrow uh, we have uh, a, a special BYU Sports Nation Fridays. We've been doing this right. Uh, unfinished business. We're going to talk with the men's volleyball team about the season and. We're going to talk about uh, all the nuances, a full hour devoted to the, the season. Looking forward to that high-level production, BYU men's volleyball under the microscope tomorrow. And it was an unforgettable season. It, it was fantastic. They have unfinished business. That's the name of the show. And it's going a, into it's next the year. appropriate Let's go. title. Yeah. It is the appropriate title. Here is today's show lineup. Nick Robinson, BYU basketball assistant coach, will join us. What's BYU's scheduling process like in our current world situation? Is it harder to get games, easier to get games? And will BYU have anything close to the schedule they had set up last year? The best to everywhere, number 11, featuring some absolute stars. And we're talking world stars. BYU head coach Sean Olmstead of the volleyball program and a new edition of Would You Rather. But for, for, for now, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. NFL.com analyst Gil Brandt has Matt Bushman as one of two tight ends on his top 50 senior draft prospects list. The senior led the Cougars with a career-best 688 receiving yards in 2019 on 47K. The NFL schedule set to be released tonight at 8 Eastern. It's a primetime event. Opponents for all NFL teams were originally released on December 30th of last year, but tonight we get exact dates and times for every game. We'll be watching closely for matchups featuring former Cougars such as Taysom Hill, Daniel Sorensen, Kyle Van Noy, and of course, Jay Swag Daddy, Jamal Williams, among others. The NFL lays out protocols to gradually reopen practice facilities starting on May 15th in eight days. First phase includes allowing no more than 50% of non-player staff up to a total of 75 per day, with the only players returning those who are already rehabbing injuries prior to the facility closure. So everyone's going to act like they have an injury. The NBA also announces teams can reopen practice facilities uh, tomorrow, though no more than four players at a time can use it for workouts. Not every team is doing that. There's different uh, feelings and laws, but it's going to be interesting. People are starting to creep out a little bit. We're starting to figure out how fast can we return to normal. We broadcast worldwide, nationwide. It is BYU Sports Nation, but this next headline 
does relate to all of you because it affects BYU sports within the state of Utah and when athletics could potentially get going. Utah Governor Gary Herbert has updated an executive order with a guideline that states sports cannot be played unless people are 10 feet apart. Herbert said, I am grateful to all Utahns who take these public health recommendations seriously. We still need to be extremely cautious in the moderate risk phase. And much of that caution will carry into the low risk phase as well. And quote, the order will remain in effect until 11.59 p.m. on May 15th, at which time there will be a reassessment of Utah's threat level. It's a good sign that things have moved into the orange level, but... Let's nice and slow, nice and slow. As fast as is possible. Yeah, it doesn't have to be slow. It can be as fast as is uh, efficient, right? Um, This affects BYU, though, because all the BYU athletic facilities are shut down. Yeah. But if they can start to open and start to practice at some point, now we're talking about skill development. Obviously, health is the number one factor, obviously. Uh, But as soon as BYU can reopen and do that stuff, that'll be good for BYU athletics. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, we discussed BYU as the 1984 national champion, and a recent article from The Score featured BYU as the most improbable, unlikely national champion in the history of the sport. So with that in mind, is it possible for a team like BYU Group of five, underdog, Cinderella, that type of team to ever win the national championship in college football again. Four-team playoff? No, impossible. They're, the power five leagues will never let them in. Because guess what? If Notre Dame is undefeated or has one loss, they will always be in. They will always be in. Then there's uh, five power five leagues. There's not much of a chance for a team like BYU to ever be in that. So sorry, Boise State. Uh, when the college football playoff began, I thought that non-power five teams had a shot. But that was a different era. We were, we, were, we were three or four years off of Boise State being a top-five team and TCU kind of in the mix there. Now TCU's in a power-five league. Boise State's not the same Boise State, although they're still really good. Um, in the playoff era, six years, 2014 and 19, headed into bowl season, there's, there's not been a team besides UCF that's cracked into the top 10. UCF in 2017, um, you know, going into the bowl season, not the final poll because that's after the bowl games. Uh, UCF 10th in 2017, UCF 7th in 2018. No one's really knocked on that door. UCF a little bit in 2018. You have to be elite to make it into the playoff. you got to be really good. And consistently, right? It's yeah, got yeah. to be a even, consistent thing. Right, and I'll get to that. Even UCF didn't um, you know, make it in after, after being top 10 the year before going into bowl season. Um, the keys to go undefeated and have no one else undefeated to have a shot. Now, there's only been one season in the last six where – there was uh, only one undefeated team that wasn't a Power 5 team, and it was UCF in 2017, and they were ranked 10th. Okay? In 1984, BYU got to this point because they had earned that respect. I'm not just talking about being unranked all the way up to uh, number 8 in two weeks. That takes a top 5 win, by the way. And in 2009, that happened with BYU as well. They were 20th, and then they beat Oklahoma and Tulane, and, and bang, they jump up to 7th in two weeks. But... In 09, BYU had finished 16th, 14th, 25th. There's a reason that they're 20th and have that respect at the beginning. There's a reason that in 1984, BYU's coming off being number 7 in 1983. And from 76 to 83, BYU won 9-plus games, was ranked in 7 of those 8 years, and as I mentioned, uh, finished number 7 in 83. So you have to be able to earn it. If UCF 
had one loss or one or no losses for several years, they'd have a shot. Example, and this still doesn't apply, but kind of. Boise State, oh six to twelve, finished top eighteen in seven of eight years. And yesterday, Sorry. our boy Mark Cooper talked about this. Yeah, then. absolutely. Um, they were amazing in twenty ten. BYU was or Boise State was sitting on four straight top eighteen finish finishes, and in late November they were number three in the BCS. They had a shot at playing for the national number title. number three. Just beat Colin Kaepernick in Nevada. Right, but they still wouldn't have played for the national title because there were two other undefeateds in Oregon and Auburn, and actually there was another one, TCU. But if the playoff were instituted, just maybe Boise State. They would have had a shot. Right. That, however, we have moved past that. That was how many years ago? Ten. I just don't think that that's going to ever happen. As currently constituted, you and I have a better chance of holding feature roles in a Star Wars movie than a team like BYU of winning a national championship. They've been taking some randos. I don't know, man. But, but, see, there is there is a minuscule chance. If the playoff expands to eight teams, that's the way. To me, that's the only way that a team not in a Power 5 conference like BYU, like Boise State, like UCF, like Memphis, like Cincinnati, like anything that could consistently be great as a non-Power 5 team for the course of five to ten years, that's the way that you could get in to have a shot at winning a national championship. Expand the playoff to eight teams, but then you have to win three games against the top eight. That ain't happening. Are you good enough to do that? No, none of those teams would do that. But the chances are better. The chances of a team like that at least having an opportunity, yeah, expand the playoff to eight teams. Because right now, a four-team playoff – it's going to take a Boise State philosophy of being awesome for six to seven straight years, being a top ten perennial player. You earn credibility. Yes. Yeah. You've got to earn it through consistent play. BYU did it in the late 70s, early 80s. Boise State did it, as you chronicled, uh, from 2006 to 2012. It's going to take that type of run just to be in the conversation. Yes. And I don't – yeah. I, BYU won its national championship at the perfect time. Because it wasn't like this. And in fact, we've chronicled on this show over the years that BYU has upset the apple cart in 84 and in 96 and in 01. BYU was a catalyst for change in college football in many ways and often. There's a reason that a team like BYU cannot win a national championship. It's because they did it before and no one else in a Power 5 league wants that to happen ever again. For what it's worth, I think you could handle being the next Poe Dameron, okay? Yeah, they... Ugh, underwhelming. Just they didn't use him to the degree that he should have. Topic two. Okay, so what's the peak for BYU football right now? If if a team like BYU can't get into the playoff and win the national championship, what's the peak for BYU? What's the top of the mountain? Many of you out there are saying beating Utah. Don't don't <laughs> one game. Don't settle on that. Just do not settle on that, and we'll address that later in the show. The peak for BYU football right now would be earning a spot as an at-large in a New Year's Six Bowl. As unrealistic as that might seem, that has to be the peak, right? That has to be the peak goal. Winning a national championship for me is just too much. Getting in the college football playoff, too much. But what if they ran the table? They're not running the table. They're not. They haven't since 1984. They've only done it one time in program history, and they featured like 78 NFL guys on that team, okay? Probably not going to happen again. The peak for me is BYU being in the conversation of a New Year's Six Bowl game. And to do so, you probably got to be ranked in the top 12. 
you absolutely have to win at least 10 games with a harder schedule. And just maybe, Jeremy, you have to go 10-plus a couple of years in a row to even broach that conversation. So that's the peak. I would just like BYU to finish ranked in the top 25. Hey, let's start there. Finish ranked in the top 25 and win 10 games, okay? That's the stepping stone to getting to that conversation of, ooh, is BYU back? Could they potentially play in a big-time New Year's Day bowl game, a New Year's Six bowl game? Yeah, you're right on all fronts. Let's expand. So New Year's Six is the uh, physical possibility, right? You ha- BYU doesn't have any automatic access. A lot of people get confused. Well, they just have to be the best group of five. BYU doesn't have that access. They've chosen to be divorced and independent in college football. They would have to out at large a non-playoff, non-conference champ or fill-in in, an, in a Power Five league. Basically, you'd have to out at large like the third best team from the SEC one year. And each year, the at-large spots are di- – there's like – it goes 5-3-1, 5-3-1 or something. So if it's the year where you only have one at-large spot, BYU ain't getting it. Yeah, good luck. Like it have to be on the right year, da-da-da. Under the current philosophy and administration that wants to schedule aggressively, BYU will not be in this position ever to be in a New Year's Six. I just don't believe that. If you can't get the most talented kids at Tempview, you're going to have a hard time. You know what I mean? So let's talk about what the realistic peak then is. I believe that the realistic peak is at some point winning 10 games in a season. You just have the right group. You have the right schedule. Enough of those teams stink that you can beat them, and then you're good. Senior quarterback in Zach Wilson in 2021, maybe? It doesn't, senior doesn't mean you're good, right? But ho- hopefully they're, they're best, right? And, and you're healthy, and the schedule lines up, and you win a couple close ones. That's a realistic thing, right? And uh, hopefully it can beat Utah, and that helps you get to 10 wins, right? And then you have that season. I think BYU expected way more of this opportunity, early on, and it just hasn't yielded itself to be there because to be relevant, you got to be in the polls, and BYU hasn't, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Nine seasons of independence. Uh, BYU hasn't been ranked in the AP or college football polls since 2011, past October 4th of the season. They were ranked in the September 28th poll in 2014. BYU played on October 4th. So technically in any poll that's like happened in October, BYU hasn't even been. So BYU's been fine at like, woo, initially going 2-1 and one or 2-0 and oh or something. And like, let's be honest, 2015, the 2-0 and oh was really lucky. Just like two Hail Marys. That's incredibly lucky. And it was awesome. We all know it was awesome. It's just hard uh, to get out of the gates successfully. And more importantly, to finish strong gotta have a strong season. You gotta you gotta avoid injuries. You gotta have depth. You gotta have the right kind of schedule. In '84, BYU had the right kind of schedule. They didn't play a lot of teams for that that were that good, but they took care of business. And then everyone said, "Well, they're the only undefeated." And that's how it works. The stat you just revealed stingeth the nostrils. It does stingeth. It stings. Quite, it's quite pungent. Just, <laughs> I mean, with the difficulty of schedules that are lined up for BYU. My choice. Heck, if the Cougars win nine games, they will probably be receiving votes. Ten games, and for sure they would be right. finishing in the top 25. Receiving votes is nice. It doesn't matter, though. <sighs> they go hand-in-hand. Hand. Double-digit wins, finishing ranked in a season. Yeah, we think BYU wins ten games. It's, like, automatic. Our question of the day. What do all of you think is the peak right now for BYU football? Project out there. What's the peak? 
at Borscht Tire Answers on Twitter. A winning record is the peak right now. That's all it took to extend Satake. Unless we're just playing garbage independent teams this year or BYU goes back to the Mountain West Conference, BYU's never going to win more than eight games again. Well, last three years, BYU hasn't, so let's see it. Uh, since Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams graduated, BYU's 18 and 21. They need to be better. They really do. And, and I think BYU's got some talent. Uh, you got you to gotta have the right people playing. Like, if Tyson Williams plays all of last year, BYU maybe wins nine yes. games or something. Like, yes. there's these little things that feel unique to BYU. They aren't. But BYU needs to figure out how to keep the right guys healthy. Let's I am go. convinced. I am convinced, Jerem, that BYU wins 10 games if Tyson Williams is a starting running back all year. 10? Wow. They beat Hawaii in the bowl game. They beat Toledo. They beat South Florida. BYU goes. Does BYU beat Bo- Does BYU beat Boise State? Because it took this all in crazy sense urgency. Aaron Roderick, you call the plays. Well, and Boise State probably sleeping on BYU a little bit because they had just lost to a terrible South Florida team, right? right? Yeah. So there is something yeah. to that, but BYU has a real shot if <clears throat> keep the horses healthy. But this a real is shot at winning ten games. But right now, this is the story. Of BYU football is what if. And I am tired of that. I, I want to just talk about wins and losses. I don't want to talk about, well, if this guy had helped it, 2014, if Taysom was healthy, it could have run the t- I'm so tired of that rhetoric. It's true, but it just doesn't matter. There are injuries to other teams. They have major guys go down, and then they can pick it up and keep going. You know what I mean? Got to figure it out. They lose their starting quarterback and starting running back, though. They got to they gotta. well, you got to figure it out. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's just keep doing that. Injury. <laughs> Coming up, Sean Olmstead on the greatest player in BYU history in volleyball and the dramatic 2004 national title comeback. Plus, BYU basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson on the current state of BYU basketball scheduling. Is there blue blood coming down the line? Maybe he'll tell us, Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest episode of voiceover with greg and chat the guys talked with college hoops insider andy katz about byu's 2019-20 season his experiences with the cougars over the years used to uh cover the cougs in uh, what fresno and albuquerque as well uh, by covering those teams and potential timelines for the turn of college sports catch it on the byu tv sports youtube twitter facebook and instagram pages here's a taste of andy katz on the return of college hoops i think the best case scenario is a delayed start um because the football oversight committee is pretty adamant about wanting four to six weeks. Okay. More, for, more from Andy Katz in uh, voiceover with Greg and Shep. He, he talks about a little bit uh, March Madness being delayed potentially by a month. There's plans that it's like, okay, there's discussion. There's quantifiable perhaps delays in right now because nothing's delayed until it is, right? You're, you're assuming that it's going to happen on time unless it's not. Or you could take the idea that, oh, wait, uh, college football is not going to happen unless they tell us it is. Either way, we're just all kind of waiting to find out, like, as we kind of creep out as a society and go, we good? Did the curve go way up again? We're, we're entering that phase, right? It is the kingdom of contingencies that we live in right now. Yeah. It's just how it has to be. Welcome back to Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, and we are pleased to welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom, BYU basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson. Nick, welcome back. I saw a tweet yesterday about uh, BYU basketball staff and players being excited to get back to work in the lab. So how is the lab right now for you as a staff? 
as a staff, our lab has been uh, primarily in Zoom. Uh, so it's uh, great to be with you guys, great to be with Sports Nation. But, uh, you know, we want uh, to be able to get back to the lab, get back to the Marriott Center Annex, um, you know, as soon as uh, uh, safely possible. And, um, you know, but uh, we're staying in touch with our guys on a regular basis. Uh, staff meets every day and uh, we're, we're as busy as we can be. So it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a good time uh, uh, in life, uh, all things considered, and uh, uh, trying to move forward as much as possible. And you guys are absolutely busy. We're seeing all kinds of tweets of guys uh, with BYU in their final five or ten, right? Um, what is left to do in recruiting for the upcoming season for you guys? Yeah, so in terms of recruiting, I mean, right now we are very active, uh, like a lot of programs, but we're uh, uh, trying to, um, you know, continue to fill a little bit of a need, right, but also uh, fill, uh, you know, the, the remaining roster spots that we have. Uh, we felt like we got a great addition in Matt Harms, um, you know, recently. Uh, obviously, we've got a great recruiting class overall, uh, but we feel like, uh, you know, getting a, an additional ball handler, um, you know, finisher and a guy that, uh, you know, likes to uh, shoot threes like we all do, um, you know, could be a real, uh, uh, you know, beneficial addition to uh, this team. Is that a guy that you need to be able to play this year? You know, we, we'd like to think that, uh, you know, everybody on the roster right now is excited about competing, right, for uh, minutes and for time and, uh, you know, to help us move uh, this team forward in the right direction. Um, so, yes, you know, at this point, uh, you know, as we're recruiting, we're looking for, you know, guys that are, uh, you know, excited about the opportunity to do exactly the same thing, right, come in and compete and earn an opportunity to be a part of, a, a, you know, a top uh, 2025 program. Nick, uh, if you could quantify, how confident are you that BYU will land at least one mm -hmm. more transfer some point in the near future based on your aggressive recruiting in the transfer portal? You know, I think that, uh, you know, Coach Pope, Coach Burgess, Coach Fieger, right over the years, uh, you know, have had considerable success, uh, you know, with um, uh, guys that have uh, transferred, right, that have been able to uh, develop their game and, you know, remake, uh, you know, their image and who they are. I mean, we looked just this past year in uh, Alex Barcelo and what an incredible transformation, right, that he has had. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Jake Tolson and the story uh, that he uh, rewrote, um, you know, capping it off this past season. So, you know, we're, we're confident that, uh, you know, we'll be able to move forward uh, with a, another quality uh, transfer, uh, you know, in the coming weeks or months and, um, uh, you know, add uh, an additional uh, individual that's really excited about uh, BYU basketball and what we have to offer uh, as a team, as a staff, and as a program. I just had a marketing idea, transfer nation, but it's transfer like the kind of transfer you're pursuing, not transformation. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll talk to Dave Broberg. We'll get on it. Um, yeah, let's talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it makes sense because you're a guy that stayed at Stanford the whole time, but Mark Pope moved from Washington uh, to Kentucky, and Chris Burgess uh, obviously moved from Duke to Utah. So they had an experience that – they had an awesome experience one place, but a better experience perhaps somewhere else that fit them better. So that makes sense. So let's talk about scheduling because you've, you've been uh, dubbed – you're the scheduling guy, right? So I would think now, Nick, that everyone has time to hear what BYU has to offer and vice versa in terms of scheduling. Is it harder? Is it easier right now in that process? You know, in terms of the process of uh, scheduling games, you know, it's always, um, you know, an opportunity as well as a challenge. 
you know, right now, you know, BYU were, uh, you know, considered to be a quad one, right, game uh, when you're looking at uh, the, the final, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the final net right rankings, as well as what the NCAA tournament committee is looking for um, on their game sheets, right? And so for us, uh, you know, we provide tremendous opportunity for a variety of programs, right? The other quad one top 30 teams, you know, to be able to play BYU uh, looks really good for them. Uh, you know, for some of the, uh, the teams that are going to be in the top of their league, um, you know, moving forward, you know, BYU is a great game for them, right? And so, uh, you know, there's always challenges with, with scheduling in terms of figuring out, uh, you know, dates, which opponents make the most sense for us. You know, how does that balance, right, our home game schedule, um, you know, for fans? You know, what is our road game schedule like? So, you know, there's always challenges that are associated uh, with scheduling games. Uh, but right now, looking at our schedule, we, we like what's, uh, you know, we're dealing with as of right now. We've got a few pieces uh, that we've got a, a puzzle together. Uh, but as we do so, I think that, uh, you know, uh, BYU Nation is going to be excited about, uh, you know, the potential that we have headed into next year. Nick, I know you can't talk about all the specifics of teams that are potentially on the schedule, but San Diego State has been announced. Various reports have put Oregon in the mix, and uh, we're looking forward to the Utah. Just Utah wink State if Oregon's game. on the schedule, Nick. <laughs> Just wink. <laughs> Just kidding. But we all are wondering, because of something Mark Pope said a little while ago about, hey, BYU fans are going to be really excited about some potential blue bloods coming down the line in scheduling. So what can you tell us in regard to seeing some big-time opponents potentially on future schedules? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, as a staff, we're working really hard, right, to be able to, um, you know, speak with, you know, some of the blue blood programs, right, and in terms of future scheduling, you know, whether that's this year, next year, or the year after, you know, I think we've got, uh, you know, some really neat opportunities uh, that might be out there uh, for us to be able to to, uh, uh, you know, bring some folks here to the Marriott Center, um, you know, as well as some opportunities at neutral sites, uh, you know, but I think what everybody's excited for is, you know, the opportunity to have, uh, you know, top 30 program, um, you know, in uh, the Marriott Center. And, uh, you know, we had that experience last year and it went uh, pretty well for us. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're excited about the future as well. It went well a couple of times, which is awesome. Uh, dramatically. It was exciting. Um, the AP reported that the women's, uh, women's basketball is going to use the net as well. They also mentioned in the article that the men's, uh, you know, net will be tweaked a little bit. They'll look at that. If you had your druthers, uh, what, what, do you have any issues with net? Do you want any tweaks with how that happens, uh, that formula, or do you like it? You know, I think overall that the net uh, has proven to be pretty efficient. Uh, you know, the only thing I don't like about the net is that they release it, um, you know, at, at the end of November, early December. And so, uh, you know, the numbers are maybe a little bit later than that, but the numbers can be very, very skewed at that point in time in the year. But, you know, overall, um, you know, it's uh, been consistent change uh, since I've been in the business in terms of what metrics uh, the NCAA selection committee is using. And so, you know, right now they're using the net. Uh, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a, a balance, uh, right? There's other metrics they can c continue to use, uh, but we're going to go with the system that's in place right now um, and, uh, you know, schedule accordingly and try to put ourselves in the best situation possible uh, to where we have a, an NCAA-worthy resume uh, each and every year. 
Okay, it's uh, safe to say we'll start paying attention to the net rankings in January. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, Nick, we have a daily show. We need content like that. I don't know. I don't know what your needs are, but we need it. Nick, I do want to ask you before you go. Um, your colleague and fellow assistant coach Chris Burgess was honored yesterday as one of the top assistants, uh, assistants in mid-major college basketball, and you were quick to add your voice of approval on social media. Uh, what does Chris Burgess mean to BYU basketball? And tell us a little bit about what he does best. Well, you know, I think for me, you know, when I, when I feel extremely fortunate to be able to work with the staff uh, that we have, I mean, Coach Hope, right, is incredible, right? Coach Burgess is incredible. Coach Figure is amazing, right? I mean, Coach uh, Keegan and, and Coach Bobby, I mean, um, you know, those guys, uh, you know, are all, uh, you know, working extremely hard and we do it to, uh, you know, for Coach Burgess to be able to get some recognition, um, you know, that's awesome. You know, I mean, it, it's absolutely amazing. And so, uh, you know, Coach Burgess, yeah, you know, like I said in the tweet, hey, he can still shoot, you know. I, I'm not sure that's, you know, the, the best thing that he does at this point in time in his career, but he can still shoot that thing. But, uh, you know, in terms of his, uh, you know, player development, uh, you know, his player development, his ability to recruit, his ability to be able to relate, right, to individuals and establish relationships, um, you know, within our program, without the program. Um, you know, I, I get an opportunity to learn from him every day, like I do Coach Figure and Coach Pope and the rest of the staff. And so, um, you know, obviously, hats off to Coach Burgess and excited about, uh, you know, the growth that he has ahead of him, uh, as well as of all of our growth as a staff. Coach, it's great to talk to you about uh, the state of scheduling, recruiting, and uh, Chris Burgess's shot. Uh, always a pleasure. So let's do it again soon, and we hope for your sake you can get back into the lab with all your flasks and uh, work on the chemistry of that team. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys are enjoying the lab still. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back in the lab. <laughs> right on, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Nick Robinson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Yeah, this coach Jeff's really good. Really good. Uh, We're going to look back in 10 years and go, how did we have all three of those guys at the same time? And and he mentioned the video coordinator, Keegan Brown, who does a tremendous job, and then Bobby Hordusky, director of ops. This is is really good stuff. Also, I think transformation is something we've got to look into. Transformation? Transfer, like – you know, the word transfer, like not transform, no, no, but yeah, transfer. No, I, I follow. I, got, okay. There's something there with this. Gonzaga is better at it than BYU, but BYU's jumping into that, right? Hey, tweet it out, and we'll copyright it to BYU Sports Nation. Okay. Uh, all the intellectual property is owned by BYU <laughs> Broadcasting anyway. Coming up at Studio C. Coming up, Sean Olmstead on the 16-year anniversary tomorrow of the amazing 2004 national title. Plus, an Olympic medalist featured in our Best to Wear It segment today. Worldwide stars discuss next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Medalists. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano looks back at the always entertaining wacky moments from BYU football that made us say, what was that? Plus, some much-deserved credit to Coach Chris Burgess for his coaching and swag. Check it out on the BYU Sports Nation Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube account. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is the Studio Bizzle. On a Thursday, we are live with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. You know what time it is. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. NFL.com, www.nfl.com. Analyst Gil Brandt has Matt Bushman as one of the top two tight ends on his top 50 senior draft prospects list. Senior led the Cougars with a career-high 688 receiving yards in 2019 on 47 grabs. 
Cougars in the NFL. The National Football League schedule set to be released tonight in a primetime event, 8 p.m. Eastern NFL Network. Opponents for all NFL teams were originally released on December 30th of 2019, so they know who they're playing, but now they know when and at what exact time every game will be played. Uh, of course, we're watching closely for matchups featuring former Cougars like Taysom Hill, Daniel Sorensen, Kyle Van Noy, and Jamal Williams. The NFL also lays out protocols to gradually reopen practice facilities starting on May 15th, and the NBA also announces teams can reopen practice facilities on Friday, but no more than four players at a time can use it for workouts. Utah Governor Gary Herbert has updated an executive order with a guideline that states sports cannot be played inside the state of Utah unless people are 10 feet apart. This order will remain in effect until 11.59 p.m. on May 15th, at which time there will be a reassessment of Utah's threat level as it relates to COVID-19. Jimmer! If you're a fan of The Office, it's always threat level midnight. Final word on sports. Huh? That's a show? Website? I don't know. Who gave them the final word? I don't know. Named Jimmer Fredette as the starting guard on their Mountain West Conference 2010s All-Decade team. I would hope they'd have more than one guard. Brother Fredette was the Wooden and Naismith National Player of the Year and was a consensus first-team All-American in 2011. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was, a, it was a good year for Jimmer. That that it was. If I can recall. I believe Brigham Young University went to the Sweet 16 for just the second time ever. The Sweetness 16. Yes, yes. yes. The sweetest. Track and field. Have signed Lexi Halliday, a senior from Boise, Idaho, in 2018. She placed 24th in her competition at the Foot Locker Nationals. Welcome, Lexi, to BYU Track and Field. Recruiting still goes on, right? you got to get stuff done. It's still happening. All right, time for the best to wear it. We have counted up today to number 11. Who was the best athlete at BYU to ever wear the double number ones on their jersey? Okay, we're going to tell you who the best is, and then uh, an honorable mention that was close. The best to wear number 11 is Shauna Robach, soccer. She was so good. 95 to 98. Scored 94 goals. 94 goals! Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. A second stat of the day? That's right. Two. Love it. Not one, but two. Shauna Robach's 94 goals are eighth in NCAA history. Still. Okay? Um... It's 38 more than the next closest in BYU history, by the way. Sarah Reading, Reading. Uh, 35 goals in 96 is third most in a single season all time. She is uh, an amazing player. So after BYU, she gets into the bobsled, two-person bobsled in 06 Olympics in Italy. She takes the silver medal. Shauna Robach. Uh, she ends up getting two silvers, three bronze in world championships as well. Whoa. And in May, two years ago this month, President uh, Trump appointed Robach to be a member of the Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. So Shauna Robach, number 11, the best wear. Those are unreal numbers. 94 goals. So good. I interviewed Shauna one time up in Park City near the uh, bobsled track. It was awesome. Really fun. It was great. Hey, repping number 11 at the highest level. Now, we do have a very, very high-level honorable mention who just so happens to be an Olympic medalist multiple times himself, Kreshemir Chosic. Oh, man. His number is retired. It hangs from the Raptors in the Marriott Center. The 6'11", silky smooth point forward from Zagreb, Yugoslavia. Oh, look at these highlights, too. This is great. This is great. I haven't seen these. Crash. Oh. Uh, okay, let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. 
He, we could have him. We could do Co on this. Like, look how full the Merritt Center is. Yeah, this well, is the first year or two. Co, Co number eleven. Um, in three seasons, he couldn't play as a freshman in NCAA rules till seventy two, seventy three. Kresmir Chosic puts up nineteen a game, almost twelve boards, shoots forty nine percent, seventy nine percent from the free throw line. He didn't have a three point line, right? Perhaps the original point forward in history. UPI says he's the first international All American to uh, uh, ever, right? He's uh, When he graduated from BYU, he w- led in points, shots made, free throws made, rebounds. He's 18th in points, 4th in boards. Good grief. At BYU, he gets baptized by Hugh Nibley. Later, he translates the Book of Mormon into Croatian and Doctrine and Covenants, by the way. He later becomes uh, the ambassador to the U.S. for Croatia. Uh, Yugoslavia and that the, the nations change. He ends up dying of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma 25 years from May 25th this month. Mm. And uh, he had such an influence on, on his home. Uh, you know, Yugoslavia ends up winning the silver in 76, gold in 80. He's the best player. In his hometown of uh, Zadar, um, they have a, a statue of him outside an arena, the arena that's named after him, and the Croatian Basketball Cup is named after him. And you, he has a huge influence. I have an agenda item to inform the younger generation, myself for one, and those younger than me, about how good this guy was. And he, everyone knows him to this day. You had yes. an experience recently. Yes. So I take an Uber home from the Salt Lake City Airport late. I mean, it was after midnight. A flight was delayed, got in super late. This is a couple months ago? Yes. Yeah. And I get in the car, and I am speaking with uh, a guy who had moved from Yugoslavia, Croatia, that area, when they were going through their wars and all of that really, really serious turmoil. He got out of there and uh, immigrated to the United States. I brought up the fact that I worked at BYU and was in sports, and he got so excited when I mentioned Kreshmir Chosic. And we spent the remainder of the drive home talking about Kreshmir Chosic and the impact he had on basketball for that country and for Europe and just what a great guy he was. And my Uber driver was not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, still not to this day, but he talked about Kresh and what an upstanding human being he was and what a representative he was for the church. And Pretty so, awesome. I mean, it just really Everybody hit home. Everybody knows him there. It really hit home. Yes. He's the only BYU player in the Basketball Hall of Fame. The only BYU player. How about that? Co-number 11s. Yeah. Shauna Roebuck, Kreshamir uh, Chosin. I smell a future episode where we break him down. Even more. Yes. Okay, coming up. Would you rather watch Korean baseball or e-sports? We'll discuss. <laughs> Do I have to pick one? <laughs> I think I know which one you prefer, given True. that you went to South yes. Korea on your mission. Yes. Yeah. Plus, BYU Volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead. In the preview, some unfinished business, but more importantly, talk about glories of the past. This is BYU Sports Nation. Crash is the best, dude. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow as we chronicle the 17-1, number one ranked BYU men's volleyball 2020 season cut short due to COVID-2019. It's called Unfinished Business. Airs tomorrow, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. So I was thinking the other day, shouldn't COVID-19 be called COVID-20 because of the year 2020? Well, I think there have been 18 different COVIDs, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming. Don't let scientific facts get in the way. Don't, well, we don't let like facts get do. in the way of a good story yes, on this show. Yes, this is so, true. Yeah.
Uh, speaking of great stories, BYU Volleyball had one. And as Jerem just mentioned, Unfinished Business is going to be uh, a great program tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, the chase for number one has been delayed for a little bit. Uh, to talk about that and much more, we welcome in the head volleyball coach at BYU, Sean Olmsted on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Sean, it's always nice to see your smiling face on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> it's always nice to be here. As much as uh, I would uh, rather be there present with you guys, give you guys a big hug, talk about shoes and different things. But uh, <laughs> I'm just happy to see you guys and thank you guys, honestly, for keeping the show going and keeping people entertained through, through everything. It really means a lot, all you guys do. Well, thanks. And I misspoke earlier. I was thinking today was Friday in my head. Today would have been the national semifinal, Sean. Are you, semifinal. Are you yeah. thinking about that stuff or have you tried to push it out because uh, – because naturally that might uh, hurt emotionally. No, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I get these reminders on my phone because calendars and, and you set up your phone and I get these notifications. And, uh, um, you know, so here's the notifications and we got, there's this match or that match just that have been scheduled, not, not, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but those things have occurred and, it did. It, it especially happened with matches that we did have scheduled, you know. And so it was like, oh, we're going to be playing, and I'll get some notifications from friends that are in California actually that put in their calendar, hey BYU <laughs> at USC or BYU at UCLA, and you know it's just, uh, you know, it's it's something we can think of, and you know it was it was a good run by the guys for sure. Well, since you've had a little bit more time at home, and I know you want to be back at work and be around your guys in the facilities, uh, but perhaps you've had more time to work on your second passion, Sean, which is uh, running a sub-three-hour marathon. <laughs> How close are you to that? <laughs> no, I'm not close to that. I'm just uh, – I, I, I love running. I love what it does for me, uh, for myself spiritually puts me in a good place, makes me a better dad, makes me a better person coach. And so uh, I have been uh, spending a lot of time in the mountains and it's uh, every day I get to get higher and higher in elevation because the snow's melting. And so uh, I'm just a little, a month away from my first, uh, we'll get a 50 miler in uh, at Squaw Peak with one of my better friends. He's coming down from Oregon to run it with me. And uh, on my wife's 30, uh, on her birthday, on May 30, uh, 30th, we're going to be running 37 miles down in Bryce Canyon. So that'll be two weeks before the 50. And uh, yeah, so we're excited that those plans are still in place. Did you, did you have to look at your watch to remember your wife's birthday? No, uh, I, throughout my marriage, I can openly <laughs> admit, and I tell my guys to try to teach them. I've forgotten our wedding anniversary. Oh. I've forgotten her birthday. Uh, I've forgotten Valentine's Day. Valentine's kind of out the door, but I have missed our wedding anniversary, her birthday, through the course of our marriage. Not all in one year. But, uh, yeah, no, if it was I'm all just, in one year, there might, might not be a marriage, right? Yeah, no, there isn't. But uh, I, I just like to keep myself healthy, my mind, my body, my spirit, and uh, – yeah, I've had more time, but also it's been it's been nice to be around my kids, and I've tried to embrace that and do all that I can here at home while we're while we're here at home, and still keep up with the the duties we have with our job. Let's talk about uh, obviously unfinished business. We'll tackle twenty twenty uh, tomorrow, but tomorrow is the sixteen year anniversary of the two thousand four national championship, and this yeah. is one of the craziest games in BYU history. You're down. 
10-6. First, first off, how do you go from losing the first set 30-15 to then winning 30-18? That's a wild swing, right? And then yeah, yeah. You, you're down 10-6 in the fifth, and you win 19-17, and Long Beach State had three match points. And I imagine yep. senior libero Sean Olmstead sitting there going, I got to pass this baby right now, right? Um, that, that was a wild game. Unbelievable game. And we had played that team, Long Beach State. We had played them. That was the fourth meeting that year. And I remember in every press conference, every media interview before that, we had beat that team both times on the road down in Long Beach State. And then at Provo in the MPSF, I think the finals. And so we'd won three and everybody just kept, every question was the same question. You know, in sports, it's really hard to beat a team you know, three times in a row and four times in a row, they kept asking the same question. And uh, I just kept going back to, I actually believe there was something to the uh, fact that they felt that when we started to score points, they didn't know what to do. That's why that lead at 10-6 and 12-9, it was almost like, oh, crap, here we go again. They've already beaten us three times. So I, I actually kept looking at it. And in those re- interviews, I would say the same thing, like, Hey, we've got the upper hand. We're comfortable beating these guys. We're going to we'll go do it again. And uh, I remember one of my teammates, it was a timeout at about 12, nine. It was our last timeout. And I, and I can admit, I'll admit something that maybe not, not many people have heard before. We went to the bench like 12, nine. And I looked at my, our mean, our middle blocker, Mike Burke. And I'm like, Oh crap, man. Like, what are we going to do? And he just laughed at me. And if you know, Mike Burke, it's his personality. He said, Ah, we're good. We're fine. We're not good. It's 12 9. This match is going to 15. And sure enough, though, you know, just that was our team, though. If you remember that team, Jerem, man, when our backs were against the wall, those we scored points. And that was that was the entire season that year. And I really believe that helped us, you know, uh, get in that position and be in that moment. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, we could spend an entire hour talking about the 2004 season. We unfortunately have to go to break. We could spend the, like, we're going to spend all day tomorrow with you, right, in unfinished business. Yes. But, uh, yeah, 04, what a, what a, what a match. So. Sean, it's yeah. uh, great to catch up with you, man. Can't wait for things to come uh, and what BYU Volleyball is going to do in 2021. In the meantime, stay safe. We wish the best to you and your family, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on campus very soon. Hopefully. Thank you guys again for everything. Always, always. You got it, man. Unfinished business tomorrow. Don't miss it. Sean Olmstead on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, would you rather finish the season ranked or beat Utah in football? I hate that this is a question. Ugh. But at least we have a very special rise and shout out that you don't want to miss. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's play Would You Rather. It's Would You Rather on BYU Sports Nation. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Okay, Jerem, number one. Would you rather have one BYU player picked in the first round of the NFL draft or multiple BYU guys drafted but on day three. One in the first. Uh, that just means more. People pay more attention to that one. Although I could see the argument for more later because it's like, oh, we had several good players. 
Utah didn't have one on day one, but they had seven on day two and three. I'd take a first-round pick because I'm with you. Primetime event, Thursday night, everybody's watching. And then the guys, if they don't get taken in the later rounds, they'll just make it as undrafted free agents. And a first-round pick is probably an elite player, right? So that's good to have that. Would you rather finish the season ranked or beat Utah? (sighs) I hate this topic (laughs) so much. And with every fiber of my being, I I want to say I would rather finish the season ranked. But because of nine losses in a row right now, yeah. it's beat Utah, Jerem. <sighs> Listen, this is a trick question. This goes, against, this goes against my whole stance. This is a trick question. They're tied together. Because I don't think BYU finishes ranked if they don't beat Utah, right? That means you would have to win 10 of the next 12, right? Yeah. If you yeah. beat Utah, then you likely have a better chance to get ranked. There's a reason that BYU hasn't won 10-plus games in Independence. They haven't beaten Utah. They had a couple nine-win seasons. They'd beaten Utah, they would have had 10, 10 and yeah. then finished ranked. Yes. But, yeah, it's beat Utah. <laughs> uh, the, con- the consolation prize at this point is finishing ranked. If BYU loses to Utah but finishes ranked, it's like, hey, at least they finished ranked. Yeah, okay. and it's because BYU's lost nine in a row. Okay, last one. Jaron, would you rather watch live Korean baseball or the e- other esports? Whatever else it is. Esports, yes. <laughs> I'd rather watch Ice Melt. No, yeah, it's it's a little late for me. I don't understand Korean. I'm not. I don't know the players. Like you understand Korean, so you can enjoy it. Right? Homeronimida. I understood two words of that. Yeah, let's go, man. Live Korean baseball for of me. Of course. Go lo- go Lotte Giants straight out of Pusan. Okay, <laughs> our question of the day. We've been asking you about the peak or realistic peak for BYU football right now. Our elite voice of the day, Zach Webb underscore twenty on Instagram says. Finishing ranked is the first step to reaching a New Year's Six or college football playoff. So for me, it's finishing ranked. Go Cougs. And the Elite Voice today is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. That it is. Okay, today's rise and shout out. Dean Larson, uh, former All-American BYU basketball player in 1954, passed away uh, on May 4th. Uh, he was the age of 87. Uh, BYU Hall of Famer helped beat Casey Jones in San Francisco, who Whoa. two and three years later end up getting Bill Russell and winning the national championship. Uh, BYU beat uh, San Francisco in 1952 in the Smith Fieldhouse with Casey Jones. Dean Larson hit a free throw. He had two with no time left. He missed the first, and then he made the second to win. Nice. Pretty awesome. Outstanding story. Our condolences to uh, Dean Larson's family. Uh, He is a Cougar legend, no doubt about it. And our thanks to today's guests, BYU basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson and BYU volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time. Conversation continues 24-7. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, hashtag BYUSN for Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to the aforementioned Mike Burke. Hey, we're good. We're 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 good. good. Tomorrow, unfinished business, live on BYU Sports Nation, noon Eastern. BYU Volleyball Special. Don't miss it. Go Cougs. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, Jeff here with Jeff's Homemade Game Show. You're watching BYU TV together.